0: Chapter 9 of Lancashire Characters and Places by Thomas Newbigging. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A field with the geologists quo semel est in buta recens sevabit oderem testa In response to invitation, the members of the Manchester Geological Society resolved upon an excursion on november twenty first, eighteen over the wide and interesting district commencing at stubbins and terminating at the head of the rossendale valley during the whole of the day previous a cold breeze had blown from the nor west and up to midnight the frost was intensely keen the only drawback to the promise of a fine day was a suspicious halo that encircled the moon betokening a change in the weather about two o'clock in the morning the writer got up and prospected appearances from the window To his chagrin, the moon was completely overcast and the rain was coming down in an uncomfortable drizzle towards sunrise, however, it ceased and the damp mist which had been hovering over the valley gathered up its trailing skirts and gradually disappeared along the hills. As morning broke, the weather was everything that could be desired. The rain overnight had cleared the atmosphere and throughout the entire day the wide landscape was distinctly visible from the hilltops the science of geology presents to its votaries several marked advantages over those possessed by the kindred excursive sciences of botany and entomology when winter with its icy fingers stiffens the roots of the tender plant and holds the insect in grasp of adamant it serves rather to unlock the treasures of the quarry in summer the geologist pursues his pleasant occupation in winter he sniffs the bracing air of the upland and continues his investigations with undiminished zest footnote a botanical friend at my elbow whispers that i am rather at sea here winter he tells me is the best time for collecting and examining the mosses with some such exultant feelings the members of the society and a number of invited friends set out on their excursion stubbins station on the lancashire and yorkshire railway was the rendezvous and from this place the excursionists, who had arrived by train, started at 10am, their number being 32, including Mr. E. Binney, FRS, President, Mr. E. Hull, FRS, Director of the Geological Survey of Ireland, Professor Stanley Jevons, Captain Aitkin, FGS, Mr. Thomas Brooks, now Sir Thomas Brooks, Bart, Mr. R. A. Eskridge, FGS, president of the liverpool geological society mr john knowles mr g c greenwell fgs mr j e forbes fgs dr kerr mr j plant fgs and other well-known scientists the quarries at stubbins vale were first visited the stone obtained here is the upper millstone grit handsome clean retaining its colour of a durable nature And consequently well adapted for building purposes in getting the stone large compact incrustations of carbonate of lime are occasionally met with these are found embedded in the rock their formation being due to the presence of quantities of limestone lying as drift on the surface the water in trickling over this carries down through the crevices of the rock particles of the carbonate of lime which being deposited in the hollows Assumes in the course of time compact and curiously moulded masses from this point the company steered their course along the highway leading into the turnpike road a little above the village of Edenfield. A motley and to the uninitiated an inexplicable appearance the excursionists presented certainly as they turned into the main road. The majority shod with strong heavy shoes, their legs encased in knickerbockers and the more enthusiastic among them with a hammer in hand the invariable companion of the practical geologist one of the company remarked that the singular procession had somewhat the appearance of a perambulation to view the meets and bounds of some ancient manor or lordship to the onlookers it probably bore more resemblance to a freebooter's raid that the impression produced upon the minds of some of the rustics was none of the best might be conjectured from the circumstance that many of them followed the group over the fields at a respectable distance evidently in expectation of shortly seeing a ring formed for pugilistic purposes in a secluded corner of the valley diverging from the road the company took over the railed enclosure of the fields at Edenwood. an aged dame here screamed out to the foremost man who had just got one leg over the fence Ay, felly, them won't go that gate. That get losty, that does. There's no road there, mon. How'd noise know? His mother said a younger woman with a baby in her arms coming out of the house to take stock of the strangers. He's big enough to tak care of himself. The last speaker was right, Captain Aitkin, for it was he who had excited the old woman's commiseration. Does strike one as being able enough, particularly when donned in geologist fashion. To take care of himself and half a score more for that matter the party had scarcely got clear of the fence and were moving forward up the glen when a band of doffers from the adjoining factories on the lookout for squalls getting a wind of what was going forward came running at full speed never at a loss for a salutation the cotton imps began shouting with all the power of their lungs turn em back turn em back turn em back perceiving however that any general reference to the company produced but little impression one of the biggest boys selecting the most conspicuous figure in the group broke in with now lads let's augy a shout for him with a billycock chorus of doffers in with a billycock hurrah 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 seeing that him with a billycock was no less a person than the learned president mr binney f r s ever ready with his kind word of encouragement to the novice and his cheerful joke withal the excursionists themselves felt strongly tempted to respond to the call of the mischievous urchins and give three cheers for him with a billycock it had been arranged that the faux-edge quarries should be visited and with this intention the company proceeded up the picturesque glen known by the name of deerden clough here is a rich field for the student of geology following the brookside, the more industrious members with hammer in hand sought out the stones and shale which might be expected to contain the fossil remains of animals or plants the rocks in situ were carefully examined and commented on and their nature and position in the earth's stratification determined the line of the great fault between scout moor and fore edge was successfully traced near to the head of the clough at this point the rocks which had previously been seen near plunge mill and for some distance lower down the valley were found thrown up to the surface at a height of from three to four hundred feet above their previous level the line of the fault was distinctly visible in the bed of a small tributary to the main stream and in this place the shales were found standing quite in a vertical position a little lower down a seam of impure canal about a foot in thickness was found embedded in the rock at the head of the clough, Mr. Hull drew attention to a landslip of great extent embracing an area of twenty to thirty acres and which had clearly enough diverted the course of the mountain stream. Dearden Clough, or as it is named in one part of its course, Tharks of deardon is bounded on one side by Scout Moor, the property of Lord Derby, and on the other by the copyhold lands of the Duke of Bucklew. These ridges are of the bleakest character and stretch gloomily along each side of the glen. This latter possesses a good deal of picturesque and quiet beauty, and is a favourite resort of some of our Lancashire authors and artists. On the morning in question, the valley was seen to advantage. The mountain streams were fringed with myriads of icicles pendant from the overhanging vegetation, and viewed from a distance appeared like streaks of silver threading the brown heath. Along the margin of the main stream, the spray which had fallen upon the rushes, in trickling down, had been arrested in its course by John Frost, and made to assume the most fantastic and beautiful forms. But the excursionists had now reached the farmhouse at Four edge to which there is a passing allusion in Edwin War's tale of the barrel-organ. Here, by the thoughtful hospitality of Mr. Brooks, a repast in the shape of luncheon, at once rich and substantial awaited the company the president with his usual wisdom remarked by way of advice that a geologist above all mortals should be studiously careful to fortify well the inner man in order to enable him successfully to pursue his arduous labours by field and fell whatever differences of opinion may exist amongst the fraternity on certain points they appear at least to be thoroughly agreed on this the sentiment of the president was received with universal acclaim here in the bleakest and barest of situations yet in the midst of unexpected plenty the excursionists spent a pleasant half-hour till they were vino Ciboke gravati on leaving the hospitable cot of owd bill the party proceeded to complete the ascent to the summit of the hill and thence followed the ridge in the direction of brandwood moor The view from the crest at this point is very fine embracing as it does the rossendale valley and its several offshoots and the whole of the surrounding hills the characteristic features of these are a rounded equality of surface smooth and almost unbroken they do not as a rule present those rugged craggy precipitous outlines which distinguish the limestone formations and for that reason they are not as picturesque in appearance as the hills in some other parts of the country nevertheless they are noble in their proportions and in their garb of russet brown and whilst they are less attractive to the spirit of the adventurous climber they are safer to the ways of the more contemplative pedestrian from a geological point of view their quarries and the causes that have contributed to the formation of the whole strata of which the hills are composed are full of interest if the rossendale hills are not greatly distinguished for their height at least they are remarkable for their number enumerating the highest of them and beginning with the cliviger range on the eastern confines of the district we have thievely pike one thousand four hundred and seventy four feet above sea level durplay or deerplay hill one thousand four hundred and twenty nine feet noted as being the place where the river irwell takes its rise healed moor one thousand four hundred and seventeen feet the moorland ridge to the right of the Irwell Springs, Tutor Hill, wide of Sharniford, and one thousand four hundred and twenty feet above the sea level, from Toot to look out, or has been ingeniously and reasonably suggested, from Turt, the hill of the Celtic or British god of that name, or from Tut or Teutates, a name under which the Gauls and Druids worshipped Thoth or Mercury, or again as Dr. Kerr conjectures, the Tooter or Hornblower's Hill. Hogshead Law to the left of the Whitworth Valley and 1,460 feet in altitude. The Hyle, 1,150 feet high, lying to the right of the valley going from Up towards Waterfoot. Seat Nays, 990 feet in height, to the left of the Dean Valley above Edgeside Home. Coop Law, 1,438 feet, overlooking the irwell valley above Hareholm, Hamilton hill 1342 feet at the extreme northwestern boundary chapel hill looking down on the crawshaw booth valley and lastly cribden 1317 feet above sea level rearing its broad shoulders over rottenstall on one side and overlooking the town of haslingdon on the other the effect of the great altitude of most of the peaks named is considerably diminished by the circumstance that the hills themselves are not isolated from base to summit but occur as higher points upon the lofty ridges that bound the several valleys on either side if this were otherwise their elevated character would be more apparent and impressive seated on an elevated plateau with the company around him the president gave an outline of the district which had been explored pointing out its main geological features from the upper millstone grit to the peas pudding rock used as a roadstone through the black shales met with at Holcombe and containing three thin coal seams, then to the shaly beds having thin seams of flags, and above these again the foage flags, thence to the rough rock or upper millstone grit of the survey. Then he described the formation of the valleys now seen from the brow of the hill to stretch far away on the right hand and on the left. The irregular shape and contour of the country was due to a number of causes, the chief agents in the work being the sea, the streams and the atmosphere. Geologists were not willing to confine themselves to any single cause in trying to account for the scooping out of the valleys, but would accept any and all that could reasonably be suggested. The strata found in Rossendale and the adjoining districts were precisely similar to those underlying the burnley coal basin to the north and the great lancashire coal fields to the south consequently the company might correctly be described as standing on a vast arch its crown being immediately under their feet and its two ends terminating before the aforementioned districts the whole district of rossendale and adjacent places was once an immense plain level with the summit of its highest hills and in the course of ages the valleys were eroded or scooped out and so made to assume their present form the coop faute was described and its locality pointed out as also the higher and lower flag rock at hell clough and Rakehead. and it was an interesting circumstance that the whole of the lower coal measures were represented on the brandwood side of the valley specimens of the ganister rock scattered in vast quantities in the water channels on Brandwood Moor, were examined by the company. This substance is largely used in some districts, being ground up and afterwards moulded like fire-clay into bricks of a highly refractory character. Proceeding along the ridge by way of Stubby Lee, the geologists and their friends shortly reached the head of the Irwell Valley, where terminated the excursion and the day's proceedings the pleasure attending which will not soon be forgotten by those who had the good fortune to be participators. End of chapter nine.